chair staff is ready when you are. Okay, great, thank you. Did, uh, Alexis, did you already need to, do, did you need to do the 30 seconds or you already did? We're good to go. We are live in. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to the Thursday, November 17th, 2022 administration investment and fiscal management board meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Uh, will the clerk please call roll to establish a quorum? Yes. Thank you, chair. Member Bach. Present. Thank you. Member Combs. Here. Thank you. Member Leon is currently absent. Vice Chair Colville? Here. Thank, thank you. you. Chair Bader? Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. Okay. Uh, this meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Uh, once you've joined the meeting and wish to speak, you can raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment uh, for your desired item. Uh, you'll have two months to speak once called upon. See, and we will now proceed with today's agenda. And the first order of business is the consent calendar. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Okay. Need a motion and a second. I move. Moved by David. I can second, Jason. Okay. Seconded by John. Commissioner Bach. Um, is there time for a discussion here? Sure. Yes. Yeah. This is the appropriate time. On the on the August report, I noticed that on August eighth, in in one of the portfolios, the large cap, there was a purchase on August eighth. And then two days later, there was the same shares, even more, sold on August 10th. And this happened twice on two securities. And I was kind of wondering what was going on there. Why the, why the quick purchase and then the quick, quick sale? Um, I remember, so Bach, this is Stacy. I will have to pull that up um, to have it in front of me. I don't have that exact report right in okay. front of me. But I can definitely do that and give you some more information. Okay. So I may have to come back to you later in the meeting. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Otherwise, I'm, I approve. What security okay. is that, David? Um, one of them was the uh, iShares. In, in the equity income, it was iShares uh, Trust Russell 1000 value. Uh, on August 8th, they purchased 200 And then on the 10th, they sold 20,000 and up on the large cap. Um, there we sell for a gain or loss. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think it was a, a quick gain. Okay. We're, we're <laughs> <day trading laughs> now. Okay. And uh, in, in large cap, I guess it was the, um, Oh, what is it here? I guess the Invesco S&P equity weighted ETF, no. The Spider Trust unit series one, they purchased on August 8th, 900 shares. And then on August 10th, they sold 2000. 
And again, you see, and the price was up a little bit. Okay. But kind of a quick, you know, I, it looks like they're, they're trying to round up. I don't know if it's just a trading mechanism that they can trade in thousands or what. I, I don't know, but I just thought kind of unusual. Agree. I will. I will get more color for you, yeah. Mr. Uh, Back to you. Otherwise, I I consent. So we have a motion by Member Bach and a, a second by Member Coville, and we voted on it. But do we need to wait since you have questions on the existing consent calendar and come back, or are we okay to move forward? No, I think he's just going to get additional information. But he's yeah. ready to okay. Yeah. Okay. So we've already taken the vote. All right. So we are on to. The I don't discussion. think we have taken the vote yet. I thought we did. Oh, I, I just I, said I, yes to a roll. I'm sorry. I, 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 I think I'm the only one that's voted so far. Got it. Okay. Will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Yes. Thank you, Chair. I have a first by Member Bach and a second by Member Coville. So, Commissioner Bach. Approve. Thank you. Commissioner Combs? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Leon is currently absent. Vice Chair Colville? Yes. Thank you. Chair Bader? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Okay, we'll now proceed to the discussion calendar, and I think we're going to switch items five and six. We're going to have the SCRS quarterly investment report go uh, second, and first up, we're going to go with the Siegel Marcos Advisory Quarterly Investment Performance Report for September of 2022. Okay, thank you. Uh, this is Jeff. Michael and I are on. Um, I'm going to share my screen. All right. All right. Hopefully, everyone can see this. This is our quarterly report. Uh, I will plan to be fairly brief. Michael might have a few comments to. Uh, but this will be a review of what happened in the in the third quarter, um, which in some ways may seem like ancient history. But just a quick recap: uh, in the equity markets, it was another ugly quarter, as it has been pretty much all year, at least through the first nine months. Uh, U.S. stocks down roughly five percent. International stocks down roughly ten percent. Part of that difference is due to the strong dollar, uh, but part of it too especially in Europe, uh, due to just impacts of the continuing Russia-Ukraine conflict. A little more detail on the next page for U.S. stocks. Interestingly, growth actually outperformed value uh, this quarter. That's the first time in a while. Uh, the, the more uh, defensive value stocks had been dominating. Uh, part of that was due to strength in energy. If you look down here at the bottom right, energy over the last year is up 45, almost 46 percent. Uh, utilities were also up a little bit. Everything else was negative. Uh, so we we know with rising oil prices, that's been a big tailwind for the for the energy companies. Uh, I also point out that smaller stocks actually did better than larger stocks uh, this quarter. You can see the Russell 2000 down just about two percent, uh, whereas S&P 500, Russell 1000 down just under 5% for the quarter. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a couple pages. Uh, fixed income, the graph on the upper right is yield curves as of the beginning of the year. That's the brown one at the bottom. Uh, and then the gold one is end of June. The green one is end of September. Uh, obviously, sharp moves upwards, especially at the short end. This has to do mainly with the Fed. 
two 75 basis point increases in the, in the third quarter. Uh, they've obviously did another one a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so very sharp moves. And, and even this now is somewhat out of date. Uh, uh, everything's up pretty close to 4%, although I, I think yields have backed off a little bit more recently. Uh, but really, really sharp rises uh, in, in rates this year in a short period of time. And that means that bond returns have been pretty much negative across the board. Yeah. Uh, the broad market aggregate index down again, almost 5% in the quarter, almost 15% for the year. This is, this is unparalleled uh, bad performance for the, for the broad market. Uh, and while treasuries were down, investment grade corporates down even a little bit more, and especially year to date down close to 19%, uh, high yield actually did fairly well during the quarter, primarily because it has less duration exposure than, than other types of bonds. But again, it was, uh, it, it's, it's been historically bad in the, in the bond markets. So with that as backdrop, uh, just a little bit on the fund. So here's uh, the information as of the end of September compared to the end of June. You can see the dollar amounts at the top, just about 257 million at the end of June, down to about 235 million at the end of September. Part of that was due to some uh, cash flows, uh, outflows, uh, but part of it, a lot of it was due to investment returns uh, as well. Uh, here are the allocations, again, as of June and September, relative to the targets. Uh, you'll recall that the targets were adjusted slightly uh, to take two and a half percent out of large cap growth. Uh, and that went into fixed income. So those are now both 32 and a half percent targets. Uh, so everything, everything's pretty close to target weights, a couple percent in cash, uh, and the equities generally underweight. And, and that really, uh, for, for this quarter at least, primarily has to do with relative performance. While everything was down, uh, <laughs> stocks were down more than bonds, pretty much. Uh, here's the performance. So we've got for the quarter, which is which is also the new fiscal year here. So down 5% in the quarter. Obviously, the actuarial assumption is a positive 1.5 for the quarter, 6% uh, for, for the last year. Uh, so the last year return of about negative 14 and a half, obviously well behind the actuarial assumption, but ahead of the, the custom benchmark. So the benchmark was down about 5.5% for the quarter and about 15 and a half percent for the, for the year. Uh, you can see down below that uh, actually in the quarter, both of the equity portfolios outperformed their, their respective benchmarks by about half a percent for the large cap growth portfolio and about 1% for the, for the equity income portfolio. And over the last year, that equity income portfolio is close to 3% ahead of its benchmark uh, the large cap growth portfolio is uh, slightly ahead of, of its benchmark. Uh, international, uh, pretty close to, to index, uh, down just under uh, 11%. But again, for the one-year period, almost 3% ahead of the benchmark, but still pretty pretty ugly absolute returns. And then at the bottom on, on the fixed income, I, I pointed out the, the fact that treasuries had outperformed most other things. So it, a lot of the fixed income portfolios we, we see 
have underperformed this year. They typically own the higher yielding uh, investment grade credits and, and mortgages and other, other things. Uh, so not surprising, I would say, to see some, some underperformance out of, out of fixed income. That's, that's been very typical in, in this environment. The good news with rates up now is <laughs> that going forward from here, uh, bonds are actually yielding a meaningful amount. Uh, and so if, if you know, nothing happens on the interest rate front, uh, you can get some pretty, pretty solid uh, mid-single-digit returns out of bonds just, just from the yield they're, they're throwing off. Now, we know something will happen on the interest rate front, but, but there is a little bit of good news, uh, at least in, in going forward uh, returns uh, based on, on what's happened. Yeah, and just to add on to what Jeff has indicated here, uh, this is Michael Lyons. Um, the other thing that's important to point out is long-term performance, even with this, this recent uh, pullback, remains very strong throughout this portfolio. Um, that 10-year number uh, is well ahead of that custom index by almost 1.5%. And going back to inception that we showed the very uh, upper right-hand side of this, going back into the late 1970s, which was also a difficult inflationary environment, rising interest rates, very high interest rates, three times what we have today. You can see even with all that baked in, this portfolio has still exceeded 8%. So it has done it has done fairly well. And as Jeff indicated, higher yields for bonds do indicate better, uh, better performance looking forward. Um, so those are all positives as we take a look at this. And you know, since this report came out, Stacy certainly has some much better news uh, to share with you. Uh, in, in light of what's happened here, uh, October, one of the strongest. Uh, months we've seen, um, particularly in the stock market, and even just last week with inflation coming in a little less hot than expected, uh, growth markets were up over 6% uh, in just a single day. Um, so with that said, uh, we continue to see extreme volatility. It's not just focused on the equity side now, it's also focused on the fixed income side. And I can't emphasize that enough uh, as yields have continued to uh, jump around on a, on a daily basis. We're starting to see more of that um, price movement in the bond market that we've seen in the stock market for quite some time. Which is, which is highly unusual, uh, yeah. especially for both of these to be doing what they're doing at the same time. It's, it's, it, to this degree, is, is really unprecedented. Yeah. Jeff or Mike, uh, can you tell me when the bonds might have real interest rates? <laughs> 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 uh, when the Fed is successful in getting inflation down below uh, where the bonds are yielding, which which I think the bond, you know, in, in a lot of bond portfolios now, the yield is uh, what, Michael, five or six percent, I, I think. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's going to it's going to depend on what metric you want to look at for inflation. There's a number of different ways uh, to look at that. But I'd say we're definitely stay, taking steps in the in the right direction here. Yeah. Um, and the important thing to note is that once inflation is kind of out in the marketplace, it does typically take, we'll call three to four years to get under control. Uh, the Fed just controls the overnight rate. And so there is a big lag in terms of them increasing rates and having that trickle into the rest of the economy. Um, and so I would say, you know, we're probably looking at a, you know, 12 to 36 month time frame, but as Jeff alluded to before, right now, if you're looking at investment grade corporates, you're getting a five to six percent return uh, non-investment grade. You're looking at almost a ten percent yield on that. 
Um, and so if you were to do that, you certainly are getting real interest rates at this point, yeah. but you are going to be taking on additional credit risk. So uh, it, it, it's a trade-off of risk and return. So okay. diversification matters as always. Okay. So you're saying 12 to 24 months before we see something? On I would say rate? that's going to be most most likely the case. Okay. Thank you. Yep. But we're, uh, I mean, the Fed started this at the beginning of the year. So we're, what, 11 months into it. So, yeah, maybe. Uh, the last thing I was going to show, I, I mentioned the cash flow. So this is just up, up here in the table at the top of the page. You can see, uh, so it's called net transfer. So $9 million out in, in cash. And then capital depreciation. So the investment loss of a little over $12 million. Uh, so just, just to show you what that looked like. Uh, and I think that was that was all I was going to cover, unless there's any more questions. Stacy uh, gets to do the good news. So, yeah. <laughs> Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Okay. Any other members who wish to speak on the item? I'll approve the receipt of the the document, Jason. We had a motion by Member Coville. And I'll second. Second by Member Combs. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll for a vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Commissioner Bach? Approve. Thank you. Commissioner Combs? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Leon? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. He's alive. <laughs> I didn't know I was gone. I didn't know I was gone. <laughs> Vice Chair Coville? Yes. Thank you. Chair Bader? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Okay. We'll now proceed to the original item five, which is the STRS quarterly investment report for September 22nd. And we have a presentation by Stacy. Good afternoon, board. I'm going to actually share the same document that Siegel had up earlier. Um, hopefully everyone can see that. Okay, so I do have quite a few things to go over today, um, and I will wrap up with bringing us more current, as uh, Siegel mentioned, with what's happened in the market since this report, which was a snapshot on September 30th. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention on this screen is that you can see slightly the rotation into more fixed income that was approved for this fiscal year um, back at the asset allocation meeting. And although fixed income increased slightly, um, we will start to see that change because as October and now half of November has occurred, equities have continued to rally. So therefore the weighting in fixed income will decrease. So we'll have to be um, continuously monitoring that to make sure that the gains in equities doesn't erode the gains we've made in the fixed portfolio. In addition to all the asset raises that we've had to um, sell over the last quarter and send funds out, which Siegel pointed out was over $9 million. Um, so I will touch on the fact that I, I'll get more information for you, Member Bach, but I do know we had $6 million going out for operating due by September 1st. So going off my memory, I believe that we invested those funds short term and then had to raise them and send them out for operating by September 1st. But I will get a definitive answer for you on that. Thank you. Going on to the returns page, um, as 
As Jeff and Michael mentioned, um, it was a really bad quarter. Volatility has ramped up quite significantly since the beginning of the fiscal year, whereas prior to that, we really were just seeing markets just trotting along, um, not big swings up and down either way in the markets. And that really has changed this year. After this snapshot on September 30th and the month of October alone, SCRS wiped out the entire loss for the quarter. So as of the end of October, the fund was actually flat and bringing it full circle to where we are within the last day or two, SCRS is up about 3%. So about an 8% gain in four and a half to five weeks, which is extremely unprecedented. Whether that's gonna hold till the end of the fiscal year, end of the calendar year remains to be seen. A lot of what we've seen rallies in the equity markets in the last week or two are people pinning their hopes on the fact that they think that the Fed should be nearing the end of the aggressive rate hikes and perhaps even pausing. We don't really see any, um, any path for the Fed to do that right now, but the market is obviously always trading ahead. So they are forward looking. So that is one of the main reasons we've seen the equity markets rally so much in the last six weeks. So I would expect that if we just tread water for the next six weeks, our next quarterly report should look a lot better. <laughs> next page, I wanted to mention that after a long hiatus, we have restarted the covered call option writing program. Starting it right before this huge run up in equities has not been uh, the most comfortable program to run, but there's so much volatility out there that we feel comfortable that we should be able to continue the program and add some incremental value. The next quarterly report will be the first time we will see this chart updated in probably, I would say, six to nine months. So looking forward to sharing those returns with you the next time that we meet. Okay, it's trying to go to page 56 here, but it wouldn't let me jump, so I'll just scroll. I wanted to come full circle back to what Siegel was saying about the fixed income markets because it has been a market and a account where we really couldn't get much pickup. We couldn't, we were putting long-term bonds out there and maybe getting one to 2%, which as you know, is really not gonna help us to hit our actuarial. So in the last six to 12 months, interest rates have come up quite significantly. We have been actively buying in the front end of the curve. The curve is so inverted that buying on the three to five year horizon has been where the best uh, bang for your buck has been. Um, the only problem with doing that is we will run into reinvestment risk down the line in three to five years when those funds come due. We really don't know what that investment environment will look like when we have to put those funds back to work. But a year ago, our portfolio was 300 was three years longer than the benchmark that we track. And as you can see, we've come in quite significantly. Um, and most of this is due to that front end buying. So now we're within about a year of the, our benchmark. We don't have a full barbell on, but we are definitely getting to the point where we have even amounts of maturities across all the different buckets. So I thought that was really interesting to note um, on the portfolio and the overall yield on the fixed portfolio as of yesterday is over 4%. So we really have an opportunity to generate some good income there as we continue to move some funds over into the fixed account going forward. And the last thing I wanna to touch on isn't on this report. Um, we talked last time about CalPERS and CalSTRS and their returns and how they do not report their 
all of their returns on the June 30th because some of their assets are not priced. So they go back to a March 30th pricing. So in the last couple of weeks, CalPERS and CalSTRS updated their annual returns. CalPERS went from a negative 6.1% to a negative 7.5%. And CalSTRS went from a negative 1.3 to a negative 3.3. CalPERS, in addition, is not taking all of the losses they incurred during the fiscal year. So we will not really see those losses until next year. But I thought it was really interesting that they came out and announced these, but their actuarial reports do not make any mention of updating these returns. And as a result, CalPERS just announced that their funding status went from 81% to 72%. And CalSTRS has not formally released their bucket yet, excuse me, their numbers yet, but they have mentioned they expect them to be in the 70%. So I know after my presentation here, Foster and Foster is going to report and they'll go into, um, into great detail about what our funded status is, but it's safe to say we are far outperforming CalPERS and CalSTRS. <laughs> and that's all I have for this report. Thank you, Stacy. Yep. Uh, Madam Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not have any hands raised for this item. Are there any members that wish to speak? Okay, need a motion and a second for the item. I'll make a I'll motion, move. Jason. Whoa, who's first? Uh, second. Okay. <laughs> Bob, second. Cobill. I don't get paid any extra by being first, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Motion by Member Bach, second by Member Cobill. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. Members, please unmute and turn on your video. Commissioner Bach? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Combs? Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Leon? Yes. Thank you. Vice Chair Colville? Yes. Thank you. Chair Bader? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Okay, next item is item seven, the Foster and Foster Scurs Gadsby 67 and 68 report for fiscal year 2022. Is there a staff presentation? Were they admitted into the meeting? Chair, I have just promoted Catherine Moore. I do not see a Mary Beth on the call though. Okay. Yes, hello, I'm Catherine. Um, unfortunately, Mary Beth couldn't make it here today. Um, she had a scheduling conflict. Um, I've been working on this girl's valuation since 2011. So I'm very familiar with the plan. Um, I would like to share my screen. Oh, first of all, is it okay if I go out of order if I talk about the valuation report before the Gatsby report? Um, right now, we're on item seven. Do we need to switch anything up, Madam Clerk, to talk about item eight first? Nope, it's totally up to you, Chair. Okay, so we'll take item eight first for the um, SCURS annual valuation report for 2022. Thanks, Catherine. Okay, thank you. Can you see my screen? Uh, yes. 
Okay, so this is a summary, what we call the dashboard. It's a summary of the valuation. We did a 630-22 valuation, and that will be used for the uh, financial reporting for 630-22, and it will also be used to calculate the recommended contribution for 23-24. So on this page, we have the results from the prior valuation on the left and the current valuation results on the right. I will start with the funded status. Uh, the actuarial accrued liability dropped from 282 million to 271 million. This is the projected value of benefits expected to be paid out in the future. So we, we do expect that to decrease as benefits are paid. We are smoothing assets. And so on an actual value of asset basis, the assets dropped from 276 million to 263 million resulting in an increase of the unfunded liability from 6.6 .6 million to 7.9 million. And, and so on the smooth basis, the funded ratio dropped a little slightly from 97.7% to 97.1%. The market value of assets tell a different picture. As we all know, that was a, a bad year for investments. And so the market values dropped from 311 million to 254 million. And so the funded ratio on the market value basis decreased from 110% to 93.9%. Moving on to the number of participants, the number of actives dropped from three to two. So we're almost at all retirees. The number of inactives decreased from 873 to 826. And since this is a closed plan and there's not there's very few actives left that are still retiring, we, we do expect the number of retirees to continue to decrease each year. Moving on to the recommended contributions. Um, due to the very to the negative asset returns in 21 and 22, we are recommending a contribution for fiscal year 23-24, and that is amount is 1.399 million. And in the investment earnings, we calculate for 21-22 a negative return a return of negative 10.8% where we had expected to see a 6% uh, return. 6% uh, is the, our assumption from the prior evaluation is what we use for the expected investment returns and our discount rates. Um, however, we are using a three-year smoothing method to reduce contribution volatility. We want to, we don't want the contributions to fluctuate with the market gains and losses and we want to smooth out the worst bumps of it. And so on that basis, the return on asset was 4.4%. Uh, so that kind of explains a lot of what's going on with the funding ratios up here, that there was only a small decrease in the, on the ADA on the smooth basis compared to the large decrease in, on the MBA, on the market value basis. I will cover the accounting information a little bit later. 
next, I have a series of graphs that just give a, a historical overview of the plan. Um, this first this first graph shows the number the member counts and the payroll. The height of the bars is the number of participants. The green are the number of retirees, and the blue at the top is the number of actives. You can see um, not as the total, the total count decreasing each year, but the actives are, are down to two. Uh, this this red line is the active payroll. So as the actives have decreased, that's also gone down to 0.1 million. This next graph shows it's just the number of retirees and also as the height of the green bar and the red line is the average age of the retirees. So we can see the retiree count declining and the average age increasing. Uh, right now, the uh, average retiree age is 79.9. Uh, this next graph shows the benefit payments. Uh, the height of the green is the benefit payments paid. Uh, the amounts over on the left are the actual amounts. They peaked in 1415 and at 30, almost 34 million, and they were this past year where they were 28 million. Um, although the retiree average age is almost 80, there are still some younger participants and younger spouses, so we do expect the benefit payments to be paid out for quite some time still. This graph. Show, chart shows the historical investment returns. Um, this chart's really good at illustrating how the actuarial smoothing is working. The blue line is the market, the re, market value returns, and the pink line is the act, returns on the smooth actuarial value basis. And the green line is our assumed rate of return, which was uh, six and a half in past years and down to 6% over here. So you can see that the, the pink uh, smooth version stays closer to our assumed discount rate and avoids the, the, the deep, the, uh, the dips and the high, the high peaks. This graph shows uh, the historical assets. So again, the blue line is the market value and the pink line is actual value. Um, the yellow dotted line is as a corridor. We don't want the actual value of assets to stray too far from the market value. So we do add a corridor of 115% of market value and 85% down here. And we did hit, we did hit it, and uh, I think uh, six, uh, 2009. Um, this graph shows the history of the actuarial accrued liability as the height of the bars. Again, the green is the retirees, the blue at the top are the actives, and the blue line is the market value of assets, and the pink line is the actuarial value of assets. Um, you can see that since this is a closed plan, we do have the accrued liability decreasing, and we do have the value of assets uh, creeping up to 100% which is what we want to see. Uh, 
This graph shows a history of the historical funded ratios. Again, the blue is market value and the pink is the actual value. Uh, historically, way back in the early 2000s, it was, well, it was overfunded, dropped down during the 2008-2009, and has slowly been coming back up to 94% on the market value at 630.22 and at 97% on the actual value. Uh, this chart shows a long history of the scores contributions. It starts earlier than our other graph. Um, you can, this kind of reflects the, the overfunding, the years where the plan was overfunded and there was a contribution holiday and then after 2008 and 2009, there was a little bit of a lag, but the contributions did jump back up and have slowly been coming back down. They did go to zero for 22-23 due to the gains in 2021, but have come back up with the investment losses to recommend a contribution of 1.4 million. Uh, this page briefly, summarizes our methods and assumptions. We did make two very small or two small assumption changes this year. Uh, CalPERS released their, their most recent experience study, which uh, we used to determine mortality rates. So we did update those. And we also picked up the most recent mortality projection scale, MP21. These, these assumption changes basically uh, they offset one another, so it was a very small change. Um, there's one thing in, I'm gonna to switch to the valuation report. Uh, there's one, just one thing here I would wanna talk about briefly is, uh, your, your, as, uh, is the asset allocation and the discount rate. Um, you are moving to uh, be slightly more conservative from moving the fixed equity, fixed income from 30% to 32.5% and decreasing the equities. Um, based on our modeling, when we model, we take this new asset allocation with our capital market assumptions, we would recommend a 5.75% discount rate. Um, however, we were, we did not and we, we recommend that based on the, like what we call the 50% confidence level, meaning that we expect 50% of the time that returns would exceed 5.75%. Uh, um, so that's how we, where we would typically set our discount rate assumption. Uh, we did not change our discount rate assumption. We were asked to keep it at 6% and we did. Um, based on our modeling, we think uh, returns would exceed 6% about 45% of the time. Um, since we're not using the discount rate that we would have recommended, we did have to change a little bit of the wording in the report to say that this discount rate was selected by the board. But although that we, we had to put that wording in there, we do think it's a very reasonable discount rate and we're comfortable with it because we recognize there's a whole lot of estimates going into these confidence levels levels and and uh, and some rounding. So although the language is there, we, we do think it's reasonable. So that's everything I wanted to talk about on the valuation. Is there 
Are there any questions I can answer? Is there anything else you'd like me to talk more about? Yeah, uh, Catherine, so um, Emily and I did make the city manager's office aware of the additional contribution that uh, might be needed from the general fund or other funding sources of 1.4 to 1.7 million over the next four years. Um, but that you're saying that's based on a, a 5.75% return. If we return 6%, will we still need the 1.4 or did I get that? No, oh, I'm sorry. We are using a 6% discount rate. So the 1.4 is based on a 6% discount rate. Is based rate. on the 6. Okay, I just want to make sure I had that correct. Uh, John, you're on mute. Yeah, I'm trying to. Um, Catherine, given the volatility we've seen lately, is a five-year smoothing cycle better than a three-year smoothing cycle? Or I, I wouldn't say one's better than the other. It's you know, you know what? How much volatility are you comfortable with? I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't really recommend changing changing your method very often, just to to come up with a better amount. Um, so I, it's something we could consider, but I, I don't. I'm just throwing I don't out there. I mean, better, yeah. Given given the dynamics of the environment lately, mm -hmm. where the standard deviations are so high, if a if a five percent smoothing would be. I mean, five-year smoothing cycle would be more appropriate. But, yeah, like I said, we shouldn't be changing our parameters based on. But I don't think it'd be, I'm not just wondering if it's a, it's a material change. I don't I don't think it would change the numbers that much. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine, how many of your other clients are using the 5.7 rather than 6? Um. No, not all of our, all our clients have the same asset allocation. We're using, uh, for our capital market assumptions, we're using those same assumptions for all our clients. And so uh, most of our clients do take our recommended 50% median return. So what's your long-term equity expectations? Is it is it come down from the generally accepted 8%? Equity. You're, is that eight percent including inflation? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's oh, a nominal okay. return, not a real return. Oh, I don't. Okay, know. okay, okay. I didn't know. Um, no, we're we're assuming closer to six and an eight for U.S. equities. So that's a big deviation from what the industry expectations have been for many years, right? Okay. It's generally been eight percent on equities, and we did. We look at we reevaluate our investment returns assumption every four years, and so we did that in fall of twenty one, um, and came up with six point eight. Um, so yes, your, it, it is possible. We, we we are using lower returns than some other right? Yeah, and then your fixed income returns are what in the fours then? If it if it if you're looking at a balanced portfolio at a five point seven somewhere around there. Yeah, for fixed income. Domestic fixed income. What's your what's your? Uh, uh, let's see. 
I'm just trying to figure out where you come to the 5.75 blend. Uh, closer to 3.3%. 3.3. So it was 70 30 portfolio. You're saying that it would be five three quarters is what the expectation would be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Catherine, you said you evaluate your discount rate every four years? Uh, the performance in, assumptions. The, yeah, the capital market assumption, how much in each investment bucket would turn. When, when's the last time you, you did that? That was in fall of 2021. 2021, okay. And, and that study did bring down our expectations from the previous one. Okay. I mean, I can see us evaluating, maybe reducing more if we tend to, if our next actual or asset allocation report wants us to, you know, to uh, divert more of our equity money into our fixed income money, but at our 70, 30, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that the 6% is attainable. That's, that's why I kind of asked you guys to maintain that, but. Yeah, no, that, no, we're okay with that. We, we just, needed to clarify in the report where that yeah. option was That's yeah i think we'll look at it more once stacy provides our her recommendations for asset allocation in february if we're gonna if we're gonna change our 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 mix to more fixed income if she can get six and seven percent bonds i'm sure she's going to okay. other than if there's no other questions jason i'll approve the report um madam clerk are there any members signed up to speak on this item thank you chair i do not see any other hands raised for this item thank you okay we have a motion by member coville do we have a second second oh second Ooh, david gotcha sorry emily <laughs> second by member box okay will the clerk please call the roll yes thank you chair member bop yes thank you member combs yes thank you member leon Yes. Thank you. Vice Chair Colville? Yes. Thank you. Chair Bader? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Okay, and then we'll flip-flop back to item seven, the Foster and Foster Scurs Gasby 67 and 68 report for fiscal year 2220, uh, fiscal year 22. Okay. Um, I switched over the Gasby report. There is not uh, too much to say about this is based on the 63022 valuation that we just talked about. Uh, it's based on it's covering the time period of fiscal year 2122. Uh, the big difference between the, the funding numbers and the accounting numbers is under GASB 67 and 68, you are required to use market value basis, market value of assets what they call the fiduciary net position. So the 63022 uh, net pension liability is 16.4 million and 93.9% funded. Uh, there's not too much else in this report that I think I need to talk about. I can, can ask answer questions if you have them. I don't have any, any other members have any questions. Okay. Um, Madam Clerk, anyone, any members of the public signed up to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I do not see any hands raised for this item. Okay. We'll need a motion, Emily. 
I'll make a motion just to dust oh, my, 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 my motion wand off. I'll dust it off and I'll make the motion. And I'll second it. Oh, wow. All right, we have a motion by Member Leon and a second by Member Combs. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we please get a vote? Yes, thank you, Chair. Member Bach? Yes. Thank you. Member Combs? Yes. Thank you. Member Leon? Yes. Thank you. Vice Chair Colville? Yes. Thank you. Chair Bader? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes. Hey, Jason, I just want to make an observation for for Catherine right there, I was noticing on that last screen she showed up that their inflation expectations was two and a half percent. Do you see much of? Are you going to change that any in coming future, Catherine? We we set that in fall of twenty twenty one when we reset our uh, investment return assumptions, and at the time we thought it was could have been still too high. Um, yeah. We we are we're getting a lot of questions about that and. We we do see it as a long term long term assumption, and we, you know we hope the the recent high inflation is is, is a short blip. But uh, we we've realized we might need to reconsider it. Okay, yeah, that was just an observation. That's yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, last item is uh, any member comments, ideas, questions. Anyone wish to speak? Well, as a member, I think uh, I, I apologize to Manny because I called him yesterday because it's, it's, it's kind of been in flux on whether he's still on the board or he's not on the board and he's been kicked off or he's rebooked. <laughs> so, so I think that the, the finality of it is, Manny, you're on here until they, we stop calling you because we, we haven't appointed anyone else to, to take your spot. No one can fill your shoes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, oh, thanks, John. No, I, I, I didn't know when I received yeah. your voicemail. I was like, traveling. I was like, oh, I guess I am. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so I'm happy to serve until you tell me otherwise. Um, but I do miss Stacy's uh, in our November meeting. Stacy's Christmas tree in the background. I saw Stacy. Oh, that's have right. I was like, oh, what's going on? I, you know, <laughs> so much has changed. <laughs> Back in the office. <laughs> So we'll let you know. I, I know the clerk's still trying to figure out. We've deferred recruitment. We've we've received a couple names, and we, like I said, they haven't met our expectations. So we're still trying to find a suitable replacement, Manny. So hang in there, brother. All good. Just let me know. Okay. That's all I got, Jason. All right. Well, everybody have a happy and safe holiday. And we'll, Stacy's got uh, her hand up, though. I see oh, that. Yeah. Sorry, Stacy. Yes, Stacey. That's okay. Sorry about that. I just wanted to, um, I was able to do a little research after I closed my presentation. Uh, Member Bach, you are right. We did buy some small positions and turn around and sell them. We had to transfer out $5 million by the end of August. And originally when we invested the money on August 8th, we were going to wait until closer to the end of the month to do it. But the way the market internals were working, the market turned upward pretty significantly in those 48 hours. So we decided to raise the funds early. We raised the $5 million on August 10th and transferred it to operating. And by the end of the August, the S&P was actually down 5%. So it was just a tactical move mm -hmm. that we wanted to get in front of that um, September 1st deadline. It was a good move then. Good. Thank you very much for that. Thank you. Thank you for reading the reports. Yeah. Long <laughs> <laughs> That's unique. 
longer longer term here on the portfolio this is when we everybody is is retired uh, yes. would, there, would there be plans to uh, farm it out to a to a uh, an insurance company to uh, manage or will we still do it internally well <laughs> that's a great had, question that's a great question and it's a question we have had multiple asked multiple times um, we do not have a definitive end game Okay. Currently, the way you can see in the actuarial reports, because so many of the beneficiaries had much younger birthdays, the plan is scheduled to run all the way through, I believe, 2070. So there will be funds going out all, all that time. At some point, if it became possible and the interest rate environment was okay to, say, buy annuities for the existing um, beneficiaries, that could be something that would be done down the line. Uh, but at this point, there's not, we do have one active member still. And at this point, there's not a definitive long-term plan of what will be done as the plan starts to wind down. Okay. So we lost another member to retirees between September and now. Uh, we had a retiree uh, last month in October. So October. we have one active one, member. One active. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, ideally, David, is what we'd like to do is buy a gick or something to just if, if it earns the actual assumption and for the for the value left over and, and call it a day. Right. Yeah. Right. You, okay. uh, you're exactly on line with that. Yeah, yes. that's exactly what yes. we'd like to do. OK, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. I think that's Chair? it until next February. Excuse me, uh, Chair. The meeting's adjourned. What? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. I just wanted to put out there for the record. Um, we had no public comment for matters not on the agenda. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes. I need to always skip that one. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.